Welcome to the Chantel Ray Way, the inspirational way to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting. Remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to episode, I'm not sure what, but welcome to the episode and we are here with my Amazing co-host Chris Sykes. Hello. Chris, how are you today? I'm good today. Now that I had this delicious homemade granola, that you <laughs> I know that granola is like I've not. Every person who has it is just like goes over the top over it. Isn't it just amazing? It's delicious, and it's so healthy. It's paleo. It's just tons of nuts and seeds. It's made with organic honey. All the ingredients are organic. If you want the recipe for free, go ahead and go to ChantelRayWay.com and you can get your recipe for free. All right, let's get started. Chris, why don't you read our first question? All right, this is from Kara in Georgia. She says, love your show. In a previous podcast, one of your readers mentioned that you need 4,700 grams of potassium each day. Chantel, you mentioned that potassium makes you feel like a million bucks, but didn't go into great detail of how on how we can get it. I thought we did. <laughs> I was wondering if you could talk about it more in depth. Yeah. So I love talking about potassium and I want to talk about the foods that are the highest in potassium. Everyone thinks that bananas is the highest, but it turns out that they are not that high. I mean, they're high, but don't get me wrong, but they're 422 grams, which is only 9% of your daily intake. Oops, sorry. Um, So let's go ahead and do like a little countdown of the highest. So Actually, in first place, Chris, tell them the number one best source of, or I shouldn't say best source, I should say highest source of uh, potassium. That would be your favorite, avocados. <laughs> Do you like avocados? I don't. You don't? Yeah, the consistency throws me off. I love avocados, and it's so funny because almost all of these ingredients right here, I like crave like nobody's business. Um, and... I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know if intermittent fasting somehow I believe that you somehow need more potassium mm. when you're doing intermittent fasting. I don't that's know. I, that is not like that's not anything that I have researched or figured out. That is what I believe from fasting. I somehow crave more potassium, and these are some of the foods that I absolutely crave. I crave spinach, I crave sweet potatoes, I crave avocado, and coconut water. So let's go down the list. So number one's avocado, about a thousand milligrams for a whole so entire need- avocado. All right. So then we have white potatoes at nine hundred forty-one milligrams. So just so you know, with the white potato, the skin of the baked potato is three hundred and thirty milligrams of potassium gotta eat that yes and then number three is acorn squash which you can make a lot of recipes from do you like acorn squash i've had it other people made it made it for me i had it it was good um i don't it love okay. it i'll eat it i had squash i don't, I don't know it. if it was acorn squash i don't know what kind it was like i don't I mind i don't before. have you ever had like i guess butternut squash soup i don't know it was yellow i didn't have the soup it was like a, i don't mind like that all right number four my one of my favorites 855 milligrams for a large sweet potato. But here's what I'm saying. Like a sweet potato has more than double of a banana, but everyone's like, if you're low, what do they say? Oh, you have a cramp in your foot. You must be low on potassium. You need a banana. Now, 
Number five. And we have cooked spinach with 850. Non-cooked only has 167. Yeah, so you obviously, because when it's not cooked, it's so much more water. So mm-hmm. if you took one cup of not cooked spinach, I mean, that's it's almost like eight times. It's way more nutrient dense because you got all the water. Yeah, out. So yeah, one you got to get all the water out. So it's about eight. Dense. You can fit if you once you cook it, you can fit one cup. It's about eight times the amount of spinach you can get without it. So yeah. that's a pretty big deal. Dried apricots is number six at seven hundred and fifty for a half a cup. Number seven. We have black beans at seven thirty nine a cup of black beans. Number eight is edamame at 676 milligrams. Number nine is pomegranate, 666 milligrams. And watermelon. Two wedges. So, so two triangles. So if you, if you ate like, you know, one of those big watermelon, like a medium-sized watermelon, mm. I could actually eat a So that's it. That's 4,000 right there. Yeah. <laughs> I could actually eat a small watermelon. You said you take coconut water. I love watermelon. So for me, coconut water does That's number 11, so that's 600 per... Yeah, one cup has 600 can. milligrams. So what's one of those cans? About a cup, usually? The cans that you like? About a cup and a half. Yeah. and But I like to get it fresh out of the coconut, except when Whole Foods doesn't have it. And then number 12 is white beans, 594 milligrams for half a cup. And then regular plain yogurt is 573 milligrams. So, um, oh, here, number 14, tuna is 550 milligrams for about six ounces, and beets are about 518 milligrams for a cup. So that's kind of the order that you're in. But the top five, as we look, are number one, avocado, two, white, let me just run down the list. Number one, avocado, number two, white potatoes, number three, acorn squash, number four, sweet potatoes, number five, cooked spinach, and then that's all I'm going to give you. You'll, (laughs) you'll see the rest of the list, okay? All right, so for me, that's the big deal is I do feel like a million bucks. I try to incorporate these things in my diet. Which one of these do you eat the most, Chris? Probably sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes, watermelon, tuna. Do you like beets? I haven't had them yet. I keep buying them and I never eat them. I keep saying I'm going to try them, I'm going to try them, I'm going to try them, and I, they just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those and black beans, uh, black beans, so those four. All right, let's move on to the next question. Go um, ahead. Frank and Hampton, I know that you have talked about this before, but I hear different answers from everyone I ask. What drinks are acceptable for me to have during my fasting window? Can I have black coffee with creamer? Okay, so here's what I decided to do. Because we literally get this question all the time. I mean, we are getting it so often. Pretty much every week. That every week we got somebody asking this question. So I, I decided to make a chart. And here's how I made it. So here's what it looks like. So... I said I divided it into four different categories. One is clean. This is your fasting completely clean. Then this is kind of okay. It's not my favorite. I don't love it, but I'll take it. Then I'm like, this is your crutch. I call it my crutch list where I say, look, if you say I can't do it without this, this is the only way I can do intermittent fasting, fine, get a crutch. On your bad days. And then here, another list of like, no for everything else, okay. right? So uh, for the clean foods, for the clean drinks, I put unsweetened tea, black coffee, water, and apple cider vinegar. Okay. So he wanted, okay, coffee. So then for the okay drinks, I put 
diet, diet soda, diet vitamin water, flavored LaCroix, and crystal light. Um, crutch drinks are coffee with heavy cream, half and half, bone broth, unsweetened almond milk, unsweetened coconut milk, and water with two whole lemons. So he's in the crutch category. I put all those in the yeah. crutch category. Okay, so on this list, on this list, what would you say, what, what are some other drinks? I just tried to come up with what I thought that... Mm. I that people ask. Everything. Um, Is there any other drinks you coffee, can think teas, of? Coffee, teas, you know, waters. I mean, um, obviously soda. And obviously I mean, you know like, fruit, I'm not even going to. Obviously, you know, the fruity drinks, you know, the Hawaiian punches and stuff like that falls into the soda category, you know, the notes category because all the sugar. Basically, it's by and sugar I do, I do want to say this. So, you know, tea and coffee obviously do have caffeine unless you take the decaffeinated one. Um, but if you have small amounts of tea, you should be fine, but large amounts of caffeine can affect your insulin. So if you're, if you're drinking too much coffee, it can rev up your adrenals, which can activate your cortisol levels and it stimulates the adrenal. And so it also is just something that I don't, I try to have two cups of unsweet tea a day that's kind of my max i can tell if i drink more than that it's just too much and i mean i would say the number one thing people are always wanting to know can you add milk or creamer if you're gonna add one or the other i say add creamer not milk because milk has way more sugar than heavy whipping cream hey guys i'm so excited that my new book waste away the Chantel rayway is now available on amazon barnes and noble and pretty much anywhere you can find books but we also have the audiobook, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. Right, this is from Lori. I don't know where she's from, but she said, Can you do the fasting if you are a type 2 diabetic? Simple and to the point. <laughs> like Lori. Yes, all right. Well, Lori. You know, fasting has been shown to stabilize blood sugar. And, you know, for me, it has really stabilized my blood sugar. I used to be fanatical of taking blood sugar all the time. Do you want to take our blood sugar right now? Um, that was my next <laughs> sentence right there. I was going to ask. <laughs> we have to do that next show. Oh, my gosh. We have to remember to do that. Um, it would be interesting to do it just like at different times and figure out what your blood sugar is, what mine is. I used to be fanatical about it. We should do it and we should eat two different foods. Oh yeah, let's so do like, it. So like I'll eat like a, I'll, I'll take the sacrifice and eat like a sugary something mm. that you're not supposed to eat and then you eat something you're supposed to eat. Yeah, and so see we'll where compare, our blood sugar yeah, goes. We'll before and after. And we'll see how long we fasted. It would be nice to do some... So this, what she has is she has type 2 diabetes... Which, by the way, I was border before I started doing intermittent fasting. I was borderline uh, type two, mm-hmm. so you, I was right there on the crust. And it it's been shown that type two diabetes is almost always reversible, and it's almost ridiculously easy to prove. So even if you go to um, the American Diabetes Association. They say it on their website. My dad, can... my dad, uh, it was like one month in, his sugar had gotten just at that diabetic level. And mm-hmm. the doctor said, I'll give you three months before I put you on medication. 
Mm-hmm. And he was able to reverse his. Just yeah. cutting out, just making some diet choices. He was able to reverse it. I think that what you need to do is when you're doing, when you have type 2 diabetes, you do need to be just a little bit more careful. And um, you just want to make sure that when you eat, you are choosing less the least amount of sugary items that you possibly can yeah i've heard tons Um, of stories um online and in person about fasting helping especially type 2 diabetes reversing helping reverse the effects people getting off of medication people not having any problems with it anymore so i've seen obviously everybody's it's an individual thing we're not doctors here um obviously check with your doctor but i've heard tons of success stories uh with fasting so when you eat your body stores food as energy And when you fast, your body burns food as energy. So if you simply lengthen out the periods of fasting, you can burn off the excess sugar stores. And Mm -hmm. that's why intermittent fasting is so helpful for type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes is basically where you have excessive glucose in your body and burning it off will reverse the disease. So I am a huge proponent. I know we've had different doctors that I've talked to on the mm. show um, that have also said they believe. So you need to check with your doctor. But as far as Chris and I are concerned, we think this is a big thing. You do need to check about the prescription medication that you're taking and see how that affects you. Um, but I believe that type 2 Type two diabetes and pre diabetes. Um, since I had pre pre I had pre diabetes and I reversed it through intermittent fasting. So I'm a huge proponent of it, and I believe it can heal your body. All right, from Elvin in Northern Virginia. Hey Chantel, got to read some of your book. It was interesting. Would love to know a little more about how fasting helps you burn fat. Unfortunately, I'm on a lifetime diet because of my liver. I have read many diet and lifestyle books for my issue. I am on a doctor-approved diet with a nutritionist and a workout coach. I would love to see some of your research about fasting if it could help my diet as well. Thanks. Well, we would definitely need to have some more information about his liver disease. Um, uh, I I think they cut this off this question off short because I remember when he first sent it, he did say he had the liver disease that is... It's not caused by, you know, alcohol. Mm. Um, But simply put, when your body is constantly digesting the foods you eat, it really has no time to heal yourself. And that's why I believe that fasting gives your body back that time to heal. Digestion Um, takes a ton of energy. Yes. And when we first started researching about intermittent fasting, we learned about something called autophagy. Um, which is the process where cells clean themselves. And what happens is it breaks down damaged molecules. So when you are in your eating window, your insulin is increased, which results in a low rate of autophagy. But when you're fasting, your insulin is lower and your autophagy increases dramatically. So some people say it's by like five times or more. So what you're basically doing is your cells are renewing themselves and rebuilding themselves. And, you know, autophagy also brings good anti-aging effects. Yeah, uh, so, a ton of them. All right, let's move on to the next question. Chris, you want to read it? All right, from Sylvie. I hope I'm saying it right. In Flagstaff, Arizona. I already made it to the West Coast. Is that as far as West? <laughs> I'm going to Arizona. Hey, Sylvie, I'm going to be in Arizona. I'm going to be in... 
Phoenix, though. Um, actually, Glendale, Arizona. It, next week, next Wednesday. So I don't know how far Flagstaff is, but if it's close, maybe we could meet up. Y'all can compare your 30-pound weight loss. Yes. I see she says, thank you for the podcast. He's lost 30 pounds also. Congratulations. And her question is, will having sugar during my window hurt my weight loss? I have 40 more pounds to lose. So she's lost 30. She has 40 more to lose, and she doesn't want to mess up how far she's already come. So, you know, my my philosophy is, is that I feel like if you are depriving yourself, you're going to end up eating a lot more. So I like the three bite rule of sugar. If I'm eating something really decadent, I'm going to eat like three bites and, and, you know, be done with it. But I definitely don't think depriving yourself, but I do think limiting yourself. The Bible says too much honey will make you sick. There's other versions that say too much honey will make you vomit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends on like, it depends on her source of sugar. Um, I wish I knew. So whatever she's been doing, obviously she's working. She's lost thirty pounds. Yeah, like how much so when you know. when you were doing when you lost your thirty pounds, how much sugar yeah. were you? So eating? I don't know. If she means sugar. Like, can I have a fruit smoothie or can I have a piece of cake? Like, it depends on your source of sugar. So that's a big one. I mean, it, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So if you lost thirty, you got forty more to lose. You know, if it's not broke, you'd be losing weight at a good pace. Here. It looks like you're pretty happy with your results. I would keep doing whether I don't know if you're having sugar or not right now, but uh, or you added sugar, I should say. Um, but I would keep doing whatever you're doing, but it just depends on the amount of sugar and what you've been doing. So it's kind of hard to answer that question. If you could put a little more info and write us back next. All right, let's move on to the next question. This one is, I'll read it. It says, I love your show. This is from Erica in Virginia Beach. I love your show. You guys talk all the time about how you receive multiples of the same question, but I think I haven't, I have one that you haven't answered before. Oh, that's good. I've been doing intermittent fasting for about six months and recently became pregnant. I asked my doctor and he said it was safe if I continued to doing intermittent fasting as long as I'm listening to my body. So I'm listening and sometimes I feel extra nauseous when I'm fasting. Do you have any tips for the nausea? What would you say, Chris? Um, uh, well, intermittent fasting first off, affects women's hormones, even if you're not pregnant. It just affects the, you know, females' hormones way more than it affects guys' hormones. So it's going to be very individual based on what uh, your, your reaction to intermittent fasting while pregnant. I, I've read both sides. I mean, when I just, just um, Facebook groups and asking women about it, I've heard both sides. So I think it's a real individualized, like we couldn't generalize that question. Yeah. I recommend um, just binge saver. I, I talk about in my book. Actually, no, I don't talk about it in my book. I talk about on another show that I, on my YouTube uh, shows, I talk about binge savers like almonds. Um, I think you can get carried away with too much almonds, but I think that if you're getting nauseous, you should do things like peanut butter crackers or a boiled egg or a little bit of Greek yogurt, a little bit of cottage cheese, something that or string cheese, anything that's a little bit of protein that is not, obviously it would be in the, normally it would be in the no category for right. someone who is not pregnant, but just a, the smallest amount that you could have to make you not feel and you nauseous. might, like, I don't know how long you're doing the fasting, but you might have to expand your window. So if you're doing four to six, you might have to go to eight. eight you know, yes. that might help because you got to yes. realize you just, your body just needs more calories and nutrients than you're used to because you obviously have... A little one growing inside of you, so you need a lot more nutrients. You might not be able to squeeze all that in in four hours, and that might be where some of the uh, nauseous feeling is coming from. Here we go. Last question. Okay. 
Go ahead and read it, Chris. All right. Question is, I don't eat gluten and dairy all the time, but I definitely feel like whenever I have either dairy or gluten, I feel terrible. Since I've been doing IF, I've been able to eat dairy and gluten, and it doesn't bother me as much. Does this have to do with IF, or is it in my head? Ooh. And we don't even have a person who, we don't have the name and the information of this person. I really, we don't have enough time today to talk about it, but I really want to really dive in on this question. So for me, before I started doing IF, dairy and gluten, I was a mess. Mm -hmm. I mean, give me dairy and gluten and I was just like, felt like horrible. My my husband used to joke, he said, if you want to put Chantel to sleep, give her a slice of Wonder Bread, you know? (laughs) And it's like so true. But now I do eat dairy and I do eat gluten, but I just keep it in small amounts. I kind of keep it in my 20%. You know, I look at the kind of bread I'm eating. I try to eat like Ezekiel bread, sprouted bread. Um, You know, in general, gluten and dairy are very hard to digest. And so, you know, in general, these kinds of foods, uh, grains and beans and legumes, they all are harder for your body to digest. So... Um, well, I know earlier you had said it doesn't bother you as much. Like he just said yes. it doesn't bother him. So that, I think that goes back. A lot of people that can't digest gluten or dairy or anything you have trouble with, that, it comes down to inflammation. You know, those things are going to cause, let's say I can eat dairy and it bothers you tremendously. It's causing more inflammation in your body than mine. So yes. with IF, we always talk about its anti-inflammatory properties that IF helps. Basically, in your body, brings down inflammation. So... That's probably a reason you might see a little yes, less reaction. Yes, I'm going to answer this question again next week because um, I want to give a real detailed answer. So bring in your questions. Go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com and we'll see you next time.